Gay SA Radio, where you are family. In this series, we listen to the discussions that were held during the South African LGBTI Business Summit, setting an LGBTI economic empowerment agenda. The summit was held at the Equinox Center at the Absa Capital in Santon in Johannesburg on Tuesday the 11th of September 2018. The purpose of this inaugural South African LGBTI Business Summit is to position LGBTI economic muscle in the business sphere by making a strong business case for the economic inclusion of LGBTI people and, by doing that, open up new business and other economic empowerment opportunities for LGBTI people. Discussions during the summit will demonstrate how this can be done, identify opportunities to make it happen and craft strategies to overcome obstacles. In this session, the South African Workplace Equality Index report was launched. The presentation is the results of the inaugural South African Workplace Equality Index and it was followed by a reception. We apologize for some of the sound quality. Good evening, everyone. Right. And I hate to have to do it, but I think I may just. Hi, everybody. So exciting. Yes. Can we do it? Okay, good. Hi. Good evening. Um, I'd like to offer the warmest welcome on behalf of the LGBT Management Forum to everybody here. Defeating the odds, bomb scares and everything, there's actually no bomb. So just, just so we know for sure, there's no bomb. But um, we're here to celebrate the very first gala of the South African Workplace Equality Index for 2018. And we're hosted by the LGBT Management Forum in collaboration with the Plus Business Network and of course supported by the other foundation. I'm Farai Morobani. I head up the communications portfolio for the LGBT Plus Management Forum. We have to thank EY for allowing us to use their gorgeous premises. It's super fancy. I think they've got like rainbow light outside. It's looking really good. Uh, so thank you so much for allowing us to use the premises. And all of you, mostly, for making the time and being here this evening to celebrate this moment with us. So a few logistics. The loos are out back, just across the, the elevators. There's fire exits all around the room, uh, so use them should the need arise. And, <laughs> yeah, no, it's too soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to briefly take you through the evening. Um, we're going to have an introductory, introductory remarks from the CEO of the Other Foundation. That's going to be followed by a brief discussion uh, with the Sawe Advisory Board. That's the board that helped us kind of remain independent throughout the process of Sawe, and they moderated the results as well as the process. That's going to be followed by the actual results, where we see how South African corporates have actually fared. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to get some closing remarks from the chairman of the LGBT Management Forum, and then we're going to head to the party. So to reflect a little bit and to come back to why we're here, why this is an important moment for our country and for the continent, I think most of us in the room and beyond are acutely familiar with the anxiety and the fear that comes with starting a new job and not knowing when you can stop referring to your partner using gender neutral terms. <laughs> not knowing when you can openly take part in kitchen catch-up conversations. Not knowing whether you'll get a bridal shower or a baby shower because there is no precedent for people like you. Or how to present coming to an interview <coughs> given that your assigned sex, which appears on your ID, is the exact opposite of your actual gender. And this anxiety is in many ways informed by the profound awareness and I think the internalization of the discrimination that exists in society and a discrimination that really infiltrates our workplaces as well. And when this is immediately linked to your ability to 
create a livelihood for yourself to be economically independent, for many, the only other alternative is to remain silent and hidden. So we're here tonight to celebrate a moment in the history of our country, a moment in the history of the continent, and we should all be proud to be a part of it. Because despite the importance and benefits of ensuring LGBTI inclusion and equality in workplaces, South African companies have never actually had a measure to see how well they're doing, how they're performing against their peers, where there's areas and gaps of improvement, etc. And the South African Workplace Index does exactly that. It provides South African companies with a means to measure their progress against independently determined as well as research-based best practice. And tonight, we're also here to celebrate those trailblazing companies who were the first to boldly raise their hands to take part in the very first SAWE. Yeah. <laughs> we're planning to, as the LGBT Forum and as SAWE, to grow from strength to strength with your support. And impact for us needs to go beyond Stanton C-suite head offices. It needs to go through to the shop flows. It needs to go through to the mine shafts. It needs to go through to the regional branches. So before I wrap up, um, I'd like to introduce the CEO of the other foundation, Neville Gabriel. The other foundation is a key funder, a strategic partner, and a real source of support for the LGBT Management Forum. Um, they're made up of fantastically smart, visionary, exceptionally well-dressed human beings. <laughs> no, they're great. And they're literally shaping and shifting the way, just the narratives of LGBTI people on the continent and in South Africa. And they're doing really amazing work. Um, and we are truly, I think, as an organization, really grateful for all of the support that we've had from them right from the beginning of, of this work, really. Um, so without further ado... Neville Gabriel. Thank you for those kind words. Good evening, everyone. It's just wonderful to see so many of you here this evening. Um, the Other Foundation is extremely proud to be associated with this event and with the LGBT Management Forum. So when we uh, started discussions with the forum, I can't remember exactly when it was, but more than a year ago, um, firstly about support to establish the forum and then developing its programs, um, a key pillar of which was this index. Um, we immediately felt that we wanted to be a part of this. We wanted to support the forum to become established and to grow, not just because it would benefit employees, current employees in the companies um, from which the forum members came, not just because it might benefit future employees, um, but for a far bigger reason. We are a community foundation that works across 13 countries in southern Africa. And um, as a community foundation, our interest is not just to um, benefit a few, but to transform our societies across this whole region in a deep way and in a way that lasts. And so when we decided to invest in the LGBT Management Forum, we did so because we are keenly aware that corporate culture and the value base of companies in South Africa present an opportunity to transform across generations our society. And the reason is that we faced with one generation of opportunity of young, mostly black professionals entering the workplace in big companies, many of whom come from, in Johannesburg, the far-flung parts of our country. And those young professionals wield a disproportionate amount of influence and power not only over their families, but over their whole communities because of their earning power and the way that they are able to support their families financially. But that opportunity 
we believe, will last only one generation because the link between young professionals in cities and their rural homes is not going to go on for a long, long time. That link breaks after a generation or two. We believe after one generation. So we invested in this Workplace Equality Index because we are deeply invested in wanting to inform, transform the value base, the workplace culture of big companies that can shape the value systems of young professionals who come into the workplace and by transforming their value systems, they in that sense also transform the value systems of their communities. So we're in this for the long haul, and we know that the LGBT Management Forum is too. You can count on our support going forward. We're incredibly proud of this milestone event. We congratulate you, Dylan, Luke, the whole LGBT Management Forum, and very importantly, as Farai said, the trailblazing companies who chose voluntarily to participate in this first Workplace Equality Index. Um, and with those comments, I want to take one moment to also congratulate from our team, Shekeshe Mohosi, who wow. leads our business engagement work, <laughs> and who has, um, over this extended period, um, supported the LGBT Management Forum to arrive at this point, and also to acknowledge that the co-chairperson of our foundation, Kanti Pai, is also here and was part of the reference group of the Workplace Equality Act. And so, congratulations again, and we look forward to hearing the results. Thank you. Thank you, Neville, for those inspirational and thought-provoking words. Um, I think I speak for the whole. <laughs> 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 I think I speak for the whole forum when I say that we're very grateful to the, the other foundation for helping to make Sawi happen. Um, you guys have been really supportive over this journey. And um, another important set of people that have been instrumental in this journey is the advisory panel, as well as our project coordinator in there. And now it's time to hear from them. So, um, I'll briefly start with some introductions. We have here Kevin Hari, who is the director of the Gay and Lesbian Memory and Action Archives, otherwise known as Gala, at the Witwatersrand University. And um, in his role as director, he is committed to growing Gala into a center for research and advocacy for the equality, freedom, and justice for LGBTI people, and is a qualified attorney. Next year, we have Kanti Pai, who is an economist and founding director for Nascent Advisory and Research, and is also apparently the chairperson for the Al Foundation. And on his left is Tracy Humby, who is a professor of law at Fitz University, specializing in environmental and social impacts of mining and climate justice. She's also a mining consultant for Young Earth Attorneys, a specialist legal practice focused on creating an inclusive, sustainable, and diverse economy. And finally, Luke Andrews, our founding director of the LGBT South African LGBT, South African LGBT Management Forum, who's also the project director for SAWE. Right, so let's get right into it. Let's get started with why we're all here the first ever LGBT inclusion benchmark, the SAWE. Auntie, the first one is for you. From an economist's point of view, why do you think it's important to have the index? What will it achieve? Uh, look, I think that for, um, maybe if I'm allowed to start with uh, speak about you, and it's, you know, the foundation itself for the moment. So we, at some point, determined in, in terms of uh, the strategy of the foundation that the most important thing that we'll have to do along the here is to create what we call safe cities. So this is a space in which actually, uh, for those of us who are here, 
we all know because of the travesties of that happened, you know, the awful things that have happened, you know, with lesbians being murdered, you know, gay people being violated. And that's one thing, and that's a good sign. But most of us, as many of us actually try to say, that most of us, our personalities are formed in cities and the companies in which we work. You know, we come from far um, away from the cities for the most part, and we arrive in these big buildings. That's where, you know, I mean, I can certainly speak for myself that I wasn't always the tender like I And when I went to uh, set up my job in investors, one of the key things that happened is that, you know, you realize actually that the entire your personality is from a, you know, from a, you know, usually a humble, you know, respectful, down-looking young people. And then the corporate environment teaches you to put your head up and to fight your way through. And perhaps it could also do some other things that Nino was saying that it could actually also help us change the whole generation. One of the key things that, for example, can happen given our power and the environments in which we work is that also with whom we work in these environments are not just our peers and professionals, but we also work with our mothers. This kind of intersectionality that we were thinking about. Again. You know, if you are in the tea space and you are talking to someone, they actually recognize that actually you could be gay and successful and meaningful in the world. And they could go home and be more accepting to their own children. And I think that is a really important thing that we can do to try and actually perhaps change a generation of people. And so that's a particularly important thing that we've got to do. Um, and what this, this kind of forum actually can achieve. But it can be much more, right? Because it can also create um, champions. I mean, today we spent the uh, talking about what we could do for um, the, the plus forum, which is about small businesses. In big environments like the small businesses depend on these businesses to buy their services. If we are here to champion those small businesses, to introduce them to the kind of, you know, to, to, to managers and directors, that adds something quite important even to the transformation of, our, you know, of the economy based and the inclusion. And I think, of course, most of all is the idea that actually all of us just actually just want to be accepted. So you walk into a workplace, there are occasions where you are. Um, I mean, Ferrari made it quite clear that to be in the work area and not talking about your girlfriend in New York, and nobody will ever <laughs> <laughs> And so I think this is a little bit curious so that you are safe to be able to speak your mind, to not feel that you know you are unsafe because you, it will actually affect your career prospects. And actually it will enhance the career prospects because it's going to happen. Thank you, Amen. And Luke. As the coordinator of the index, and having had experience with this, with similar benchmarks in the UK. Sorry, did you change What has the impact of these indices been, and what do you hope SAWE achieves in South Africa? So, the question was, uh, yeah, so my experience, so I moved to Africa a few years ago, uh, four years ago, now I'm kind of going to the index uh, over first, so I'm waiting in queues. Um, okay, so let's do that. Cool, so, yeah, so my company, uh, Participate, was very um, strongly involved in, in a similar benchmark in the UK. Um, and I saw how important it was for companies who are, it's one of the A types who like to be competitive, right? So, what better, better way to kind of drive social change to social justice by creating some kind of competitiveness between A types in the workplace? Um, and so, so, it was really, really, really kind of meaningful. Like, a lot of the companies really took it very seriously, uh, spent a lot of time going through through the process um, and took the results very seriously as well. And not just as a, as a marketing ploy, and I really, really don't want this to ever be something which people just put on their websites because it looks good, but to be able to get that kind of real-time feedback to think, what does good look like? Uh, where can we be better? Um, and and, and, and that, doesn't happen, that conversation hasn't existed here. Um, and I hope this is the really beginning of those kind of conversations. Um, I think this is a, a really strong foundation from which we can really establish what good looks like. 
and then really take it forward um, and continue to drive social change. I mean, people have talked a lot about the workplace. The workplace should be the place where people feel safe. Uh, it should be the place where people bring their true self uh, and can leave any kind of inhibitions and, and kind of worries at the door. Because actually there's an economic benefit to that as well. Because people who bring themselves to work perform better and companies will do better as a result. So if we can do that, I think we can also move the needle on the performance of our companies. That we have a group of aspirational, smart people in these companies who just really want to bring themselves to work, or hardworking, smart people. All they want to do is make them make the to, to, to work hard and, and to kind of drive change. I think that's what we're going to achieve. Um, and I think that I've seen it work elsewhere, and I think we'll do exactly the same thing here. And we're really excited about the future. What do you think we are as a country in terms of LGBT inclusion, um, and what has your experience been? Uh, thanks. So I wanted to start off by uh, giving a shout out to India, and I think it's a that we are experiencing. So just to give you some context, the Supreme Court of India, having recriminalized gay sex five years ago by overturning a 2009 ruling of the Delhi High Court, had second thoughts recently, particularly after ruling for the first time that Indians have a fundamental right to privacy. Now, um, they, so they decided to act on some petitions that were accumulating and resulted or, or ruffled up a five-judge constitution bench to reconsider the horrible 2013 ruling. Um, they struck down the sodomy laws, which South Africa did in 1999, uh, our constitutional court did that. Um, but one of the, the, the key points of the judgment, which I think speaks to this question of electricity, is it notes that history owes an apology to members of this community and their families for the delay in providing redressal for the ignominy and ostracism that they have suffered through the centuries. The members of this community were compelled to live a life full of fear, of reprisal and persecution. Now, in the South African context, um, you know, actually Murenik speaks of the fact that South Africa moved in the apartheid system, um, uh, which was a culture of authority, to a culture of justification. And if we think about it, particularly in the LGBTIQ space, the perception has always been that it only exists within the activist political space or in the research space. But we know that Lesbian, gay, trans, intersex people don't only are not only activists. They are CEOs, they are lawyers, they are doctors, they are petrol attendants, they are domestic workers. And for us to really be able to change the lives of people, because we know that laws have shortcomings. I mean, the fact that South Africa changed these laws so many years ago doesn't necessarily mean that discrimination doesn't exist. And so particularly within the workplace, is one of those essential places where we really have an opportunity to change and impact the lives of the people around us. And how do we do that? By one, being visible, so we are no longer going to be in the closet, not in our workplaces, but in second gates, about taking the activism into our workplaces to say that we will no longer be accepted uh, or discriminated on the basis of having to just exist in these spaces. Your experience in the workplace has been different. I haven't been in the Tinder workplace in quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, something that before I said, you know, I mean, I'm looking at everybody in like, um, If you were to sit where we sit, the diversity from where we sit is incredible. There was a time actually when this forum was being formed, you know, it was a struggle to find, you know, women, to find black people, to find young people. And to see as many people as here, um, wonderful. Perhaps I should leave that the deal is done. <laughs> but I think it's, um, if we think about, uh, you know, I mean, I use this as a the global financial crisis. Everybody keeps saying, well, it was about greed, you know. And greed is that part where you think, how do I actually make the, the, the biggest amount of money for myself? 
And so, but actually also, our workplace is about incentives. So basically, you were told you will get a millionaire bonus, 25% of your annual salary on the basis that you achieve this target or that target. And most of us will chase those things, uh, you know, in the corporate environment. And if we, if we follow those incentives, we end up, um, and sometimes we realize that you're not close enough to the system. Maybe I should make it up. And then you write the wrong number or you lie about it. And in many ways we forget that actually whoever we become, you know, in our workplace and our home environment should be the same person. If you are somebody that to lie at home and to construct, you are most likely to construct in your work environment, in your public environment. And sometimes companies forget those incentives that they create for people. If you are making people lie about who they are, you may also be actually incentivizing them to also lie about, you know, their results in the workplace, the way they actually perform. And that kind of intersectionality is a very important part of what companies should realize when they actually put out incentives. So that actually you will have a kind of people that whenever they feel in trouble, whenever they feel a bit threatened, that they think they may actually make up a story. Because actually they've been making up stories of money every Monday morning about what they did on the weekend, they've been making up stories all along. And you've been accepting that kind of thing. And that's actually been good for us and it's been progressive. And I think sometimes we don't we forget those things that actually our lives intersect right across the board. Um, I'm, my friends here are looking at I'm trying to use another word that we talk about, which is nuance. <laughs> but I can't it. But, um, but I, actually, this is like sort of nuances in which actually businesses must think about diversity. That is not about, you know, as for the whole day we spoke about, um, you know, the case, you know, the profit case, the commercial case. But there's also the risk case. And it's an important case to actually make um, because of people's lives are very, very connected. And I think that's actually an important thing. And when we are asking these companies in the questions, we ask what kind of structure are you putting in your environment, you know, for people to be who they are? You know, how do you actually incentivize people? It's not it's one thing to say, well, actually, we have all these colors around the building. I mean, that's not particularly useful. But we have to actually put a whole portfolio of evidence that shows that as a corporation, we are quite interested in actually allowing people to be safe um, and to be paid. I think that is important. <laughs> and I, you know, I completely agree with that. But you know, on the other hand, we, we sit here in Stanton and, and we talk about LGBT inclusion in, in relative comfort. And Tracy, this one's for you as somebody who's done a lot of work in the mining sector. You know, and um, do, do you think that this this conversation, this experience, is different in other parts of the country? So I'm going to take Carol's lead and first make a shout out to the, <laughs> rephrase the question. <laughs> and a shout out to my colleague, Kathy Albertang at Liberty University, who is an equality scholar and who was cited in that judgment. So that's just Next year, I really hope that we're going to extend this workplace equality index to other kinds of workplaces, including my own, and we're going to give you corporates a run for your money. <laughs> and NGOs as well, the Center for Environmental Rights in Cape Town is doing amazing things with transformation. So that's just my little pre-question. <laughs> so the mining industry, you know, it has been, as you look at scholarship on uh, feminist ecology scholarship, the quintessential masculine industry, helping to define the conscious of masculinity. And the debate there really is around women in mining, rather than any kind of sexual minority, I, I believe, in what I've seen around the discourses. And there's a lot of talk about uh, compliance with human rights and now business and human rights. And there were some companies, some mining companies that showed an interest in this workplace equality index. And I really want to encourage them to stand up and be leaders, not just in South Africa, but in the world. Kevo. Sawe, you know, Sawe is, is quite South African focused, obviously. Um, but what role do you think South African companies have in protecting LGBT employees in other countries? And do you think they have a role 
in promoting LGBT rights in the rest of Africa? Um, absolutely. Um, so I think, firstly, in, in the South African context, we've realized that it's not only government that's responsible for redress, right, in terms of doing redressing uh, some injustices of the past. But we also know in, in, in the kind of African context that South Africa is not this kind of, you know, creature that is not involved in the rest of the continent. And perhaps part of our, our challenge and really some of the criticism is really for South Africans to, to actively engage with being, in Africa, being, Africa, being part of Africa. And I think part of that uh, really involves being able to engage with our neighbors in a way that is uh, inclusive and also uh, responsible and sensitive. So we know that in the, in the legal context, the judgments that have come from the Constitutional Court have had a huge impact on the kind of uh, uh, courts um, in, in, in our major countries. And I don't see why it couldn't be the case in terms of businesses. We also know that business leaders often um, have access to the key corridors of power in terms of really being able to, to force change on the ground. And that doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, billboards that kind of support uh, LGBTIQ rights in countries where we know that are very repressive. Sometimes it's often the work that happens behind the scenes. But it, I think it's still critical to changing and shifting mindsets within those jurisdictions. <laughs> so the last question, and this one is for Luke. Um, I mean, we can all acknowledge that, you know, in the forum that it's taken so much time and effort to get this to where it is today. And, you know, to finally tied at this. Um, can we expect another Sawway next year? And, um, you know, how do you see it expanding and growing? And, you know, how can we get more support? Thanks, that's all. I think uh, Tracy's dropped me in it. Um, she's <laughs> like expanded the workflow but I Thanks, you have power next year. Uh, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, so we really just started out. This was really supposed to be like an inaugural study. We actually set ourselves a target of 10 companies. Um, we wanted to keep it quite small, quite niche. Um, we wanted to really just trial it. If anyone does like agile stuff at work, you know, want to be like prototype, yada yada yada. Right, so, um, but, so actually what it, what it was really comforting is actually there was a huge amount of interest way beyond our wildest expectations. And I think we had all a bit of a panic attack in about, uh, about April time when there, there was so much more interest than we were expecting. You were like, huh, how are we going to pull this thing off? Um, so what we actually, luckily there was a few people who felt they wanted to, to wait to see how things evolved and thank you, I'm from Steve, from, from my heart, thank you for making that decision. Um, and then really we, this, the fact that we now have your events and also the 17 companies completed this in full from our target of 10 is really quite exceptional. Um, so we wanted to let, use this as a learning experience, we wanted to see what worked, what didn't work so well, were we really hitting the nail on the head, were we, were we asking the right questions, was the process cumbersome, was it exciting, etc, etc, etc. So with all of that feedback, we'll take that, we'll take all that feedback and really make this thing great. But we will need, we will need to scale this up properly. We, we will need to rethink the, the how, we, how we go about it, the people that are involved, um, how, we, how, we, how we run this. And really it needs, it's a bit of a call to action, really kind of shameless plug, but if anyone is interested in supporting this, please let me know. Uh, but also anyone who's interested in participating as well. Um, this is really an opportunity to showcase what we can achieve together, and I hope you'll be all part of that journey next year. Thank you all, um, and thank you to the panelists for sticking it through with us through this journey um, and for being with us tonight. I really enjoyed the discussion and getting to know more of you and your points of view. Thank you. I encourage us to not stop this discussion here. Um, we should continue to have this discussion in our workplaces and in our personal time. Um, but for now, I'd like to invite TV and Luke back on the stage. To talk us through this hour result. I think that's this technology is not working for me. I was really enjoying the whole Steve Jobs thing going on. We have a have a person working off these things, and I always think uh, he goes to city, but gosh, it feels really empowering. <laughs> So anyway, so I'm going to here talk about the next iPhone, and I definitely left my turn for that guy. So this is really the really like 
this is kind of what the lot of today and a lot of the the year and a half of hard work has boiled down to. Um, I'm going to hand over really to, to TV Initiative to talk through a little bit of the context for what this is doing. Uh, TV is a fellow director of ours at the LGBT Management Forum um, and uh, has also been very interested in making this happen. Good evening, everyone. And, uh, I think it's the exciting time of the evening. It's an awards show. I mean, there's some, you know, 17 companies put their hands up and say, judge me. So, uh, We've been impressed with the participation and, and, and the hard work that's gone in and the courage of companies to put their hands up and go, uh, on the southern tip of Africa, I choose to stand out. So um, on, on an evening of acknowledging, we'd like to acknowledge those companies and uh, like all um, contests go, um, it's time for some results to be presented. Before we get there, we'd like to explain to you a little bit more about who we are at the forum. So our key project that we did is, is, is this Equality Index. Um, and this was the first one that we did, and a lot, a lot of work's gone into it. We borrowed from some of the, the other projects around the world, but still didn't make it African. Um, one of the other things that we do is we, we prepare publications and resources. We've got three publications that we've got on our, on our website, which we for for download. Four, actually. Forget <laughs> um, to look at it quite recently. So the first one is the business case for LGBT play networks. Why does it make sense? The second is best practice. So, you know, if, if, if you're a company, you're starting one, or you're, you're already at one going, how do you know where you're going? The third one is the legal framework. So yes, companies, there are legal obligations for why you should do this. Um, and these are very important for HR teams to understand as well. Uh, and the fourth is the framework for LGBT inclusion. So what does best practice look like? And all of these things feed into SAWE. All of those things feed into the index and how to make a company better. So please download them. Distribute them widely to your, your within your company, to friends of yours, to their companies. Make it happen, make it come alive. Um, and then the, the next thing we do is the professional network. The evenings like this evening where we bring the community together, the business community together. Uh, you can network, share ideas, and um, make this a, a living culture within South Africa. So, some of you just need a little bit of context, though, right? It's not going to be too lecturing. Um, uh, and I'm a consultant by background, so I do love my PowerPoint. Um, <laughs> so, so where, where did this come from? So unfortunately, I can't claim credit for this being like our idea. It really wasn't. There was a lot of like copy paste, actually, and I was going to lie. Um, but what's important is we know what works and what hasn't worked. So there's plenty of these globally that are really sustainable. So the UK, uh, US, Ireland, Australia, Canada, whole continent, a few actually. We built relationships with all of these organisations, and they've been really, really helpful in helping us shape our own South African version. Um, they really helped us not just from what questions to ask, but also like what are the kind of like methodological and kind of process-oriented things that we need to really understand. Which is really great because actually without those guys' support. I have no idea what would be happening. I think I'd be very like bored and have intended to roll my hair out. Um, but what's, what's really important is they actually told us a lot about, okay, well, if we were to do this again, what would we do differently? Um, and that was a really, really great learning experience for us, and we borrowed a lot of that best practice. So we can't claim credit entirely. A little bit of a shout out to all these. A lot of these people we actually we met with, we had Skype calls and met with personally, I spent holidays in Hong Kong meeting these people and the UK as well. So yeah, so somewhere is not new, but what's exciting is this is for sure the first in the region. It's the first Middle East African benchmark of its kind. And that is really, really, really exciting. Okay, so there's a lot of kind of companies up here you would just expect to see up here. We can now add to Africa to our list, and that is really exceptional achievement. I think everyone in this room should be really pleased about that. So, so on the basis of a lot of that research, we developed a bit of frame. So, yeah, backgrounds of consultant, love my frameworks, right? So there's going to be some kind of logic and structure to, to what we're asking, but it's not just a bunch of random questions. So a lot of the feedback we're getting, a lot of our research and experience said, okay, it's fine, you can go and invest in a policy. You can go and recruit a whole bunch of people to run a diversity team. And that's what we call the structures of an organization. Those official kind of top-down structures which you can put in place, which enable and, um, and, and kind of create that structure for, for diversity and inclusion. But what's also really important is the behaviours and the lived experiences on the ground. And those are a lot more difficult to measure, and those are also the things that our companies that we speak to in our day-to-day -day actually really struggle with. So what the survey tried to do this year is build a bit of a framework around balancing and measuring those things which were those structures which you could easily just chuck a bunch of money out which deliver short-term results. And also, how do we measure some of the more behavioural things? And we had a six-point framework, obviously, uh, which is the subject of one of the publications. I don't want to go into it, but the six things that we measured. 
and this formed each of the ones that these the form the main six sections of the survey. On the structure side, we look at policy processes and support mechanisms. Support mechanisms being things like me, uh, uh, ability to report harassment, um, LGBT networks, and such like. On the on the behavior, we call the behavior side. We look at the training and awareness, people being sensitized to these issues. Um, but people are aware of what, what, is, what is the difference between gender and sex, for example. Diverse and inclusive support really speaks to the very unique South African concept of the EU Forum. And really, we talked a lot, if you were at the Plus Summit um, earlier, talked a lot about bringing LGBT into that narrative of transformation within South Africa. And lastly, we talked about visibility. We talked a lot, just I think Farah was talking about the problem of invisibility. Are LGBT leaders in the workplace, are LGBT people visible? Because that also creates a lot of change. So these were the six sections in which we asked companies to, to report on and which balances the structures and behaviours. Okay. How did it actually work? I really love what this class helps with actually making me a bit bored, sorry. Um, so we basically, <laughs> so we basically, um, we asked, companies were actually invited to this place, okay? So we didn't just like launch this on people, we didn't want to make people feel guilty, people actually approached us to ask us to speak. We went straight to, to an online platform and uh, invited people to participate. 12 questions in total, but with a bonus question. Um, and we provided a lot of guidance notes and support for companies to be able to, to, to submit their, 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 their questions fairly. Um, the company then completed the questions online. We were one of the first to go fully online, fully digital, which is really cool. And uh, companies participated, uh, filled in an evidence document, which enabled us to, to fairly moderate the, the questions. We had two moderators who were very independent from the process who were with us tonight. Um, I'm not going to necessarily point them out just in case they get kind of harassed about what the scores are awarded. <laughs> but basically, each moderator um, reviewed every single company and then compared it, it set relatively separately and then compared results to, to make sure that actually this was fair. So the, the people on the LGBT Plus forum were very at arm's length from the results because it just was, would compromise the whole integrity of the process. Um, and we had our advisory panel as well, making key decisions along the way and supporting us. So thank you so much for, for your support. And then next to the results. And this is where we are today. Okay, so. So who are those wonderful people who uh, gave me a bit of a kind of nervous breakdown in May? So he's going to talk a little bit about some of these trailblazers that we mentioned earlier. So if we look at cross-section of who participated, 47% uh, of the companies that participated fall into the professional services sector. So um, those are people that have high-rise powers around us, and we know who they are. The <laughs> <laughs> um, second to that were the law profession, um, adjacent high-rises to the other people. Um, with uh, mining and resource companies and financial services companies um, following in, and then some uh, tech and telecoms companies and one consumer goods and services company. So a nice cross-section um, and it, it's, it's given us a good uh, understanding of, of where the business environment is. I think uh, our ambition is to make this a lot more rainbow. So actually, you know, we're all over the rainbow in this, uh, in this room. So let's make sure that we get a lot more of a spread of colors in the next few years. That'll be brilliant. And in the sake of the, um, to call out to the eight type personalities in the room, if your company's not participated, let's, let's break that up with yeah. some new color schemes. And one of the other things which is quite important is how far reaching is this? Uh, how many employees are affected by what we get doing this evening? And we can, we can clarify that being 30,000 employees are affected by the companies who participated today. 30,000 employees. For every large organization that participates, we're adding a new few thousand people. Whether those organizations are multinational or global South African companies, we know who those are. Those are tens of thousands of employees added to this. So again, another shout out and peer pressure to people in the room and people who will be part of all the media releases and online shares and dinner conversations that we can have about this evening. We would like to see that in triple digits next year. Uh, we saw six, six digits. We'd like to see 100,000 plus. We'd like to see 100,000 And uh, if you break it down for a sector, the professional services sector, 16,000 people are represented, mining, uh, resources and manufacturing, 6,000 people, financial services, 6,000 people, law, 975, consumer goods and services, 160. And uh, if you look at spread across the country, big urban centers. We'd like to see that spread extend next year 
to some of the places that are not represented by high-rise buildings. So these are shout-outs that we're putting out to the room, and I would like your, your cooperation efforts to be influenced, please. Okay, so... <coughs> Okay, so like I said, um, again, love my bar chart, sorry guys for people who've got tables. Um, but let me just work through this. There are copies of, there are copies of the report floating around, this is just extracts from it. So as I said, we are six, six sections, um, and then plus another section which was awarding bonus points. And so what we wanted to do is, this is the average scores, the blue bars represent the average score uh, across the whole of the 17 participants that took part. Okay. The lines, the stop lines, illustrate the highest score within that category and the lowest score. Okay, so it's all in percentage terms, so it's not in absolute points. Um, interestingly, what we saw is actually training awareness was actually the highest score. Um, often, as a result of a lot of people that do, quite surprisingly, actually have quite well-established diversity and training pro diversity and inclusion awareness programs. One of the key things that we actually asked was to what extent is LGBT explicitly included in those training programs, and those have gotten you four marks on those, okay? So really great that companies have got this on their agenda. Uh, what's really, would be really great is we next, for the next few years we get that up, the average up to 100%, because that shows that actually we're not we're making LGBT visible as part of the wider like, DNI agenda. But going back to the framework, actually a lot of people we speak to say that the whole behavior, it's easy to do policy, it's easy to do process relatively. Actually it's those behaviors which are probably the most impactful and the most important. And the two lowest scores were actually around diversity and inclusive thought and around visibility. Diversity and inclusive thought really spoke more to the inclusion of LGBT as part of the E forum. And we can get into the legal terms around the E Act and such like, but there was a clear separation, literally half of the participants have an explicit mandate for their EU forums to drive LGBT inclusion, and half do not. And I see there's a, there's a really interesting division there. There's those people who actually understand the purpose of the act, and will be very aware that chapter two talks about sexual orientation, and those who are doing it because it's a compliance exercise and they need to report in the bare minimum things they need to report on. And so actually, if you look in the report, we actually you can see that division between the two. Because that's a really interesting observation for us and one of the key findings. And I think that one of the, when we talk about transformation and diversity and inclusion, we need to talk bigger and LGBT must be part of that. Cool, so that's, that's the kind of overall. This is a spread of the results. Um, so actually what we want to ignore, we want to ignore this whole goal to the bronze thing, because it's really just a way of doing special awards. So if you actually were tiered at all, it's like a brilliant, it's really brilliant, okay? But this was the spread of results, and I think it really speaks a lot to the kind of companies that are participating this year. If there was actually, if this, was, if this really truly representative of the, all the companies in South Africa, I really doubt, okay? Um, but I think that, actually, if you're going to a broad, even if you participated because you wanted to improve, that's like a really brilliant achievement in and of itself. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Okay, you're making a really big deal. <laughs> this is a big deal. The guys did our report. We are here to acknowledge the companies that have put long-term effort in and have put high-impact effort in and those companies that are on their journey and those that have taken the courage to put themselves out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to see you, it's and being the first to be publicly acknowledged for the hard work you're doing. Okay, so. make sure that they didn't feel like if they were if they were on the, the beginning of their journey that they were somehow gonna be like acknowledged for not being like the best for example. So we gave people this, this year the opportunity to remain anonymous um, because they were doing it not necessarily for publicity but actually because they wanted to get the feedback and to benchmark themselves. So I think actually let's not let's not overlook that. Um, and I think it's really important that these companies are doing it for different reasons um, to make some of the others. 
Um, and so that is the also um, yeah, that's what I had so that. If you if somebody was participating but not tiered, then they also were not necessarily like named because it's actually they were doing it because they wanted to really just like measure the, the project progress. So that's and that's really important for what we're trying to achieve here as well. Yeah, we don't want to make a big deal about the, the, the two final ones because everyone knows because they've been printed out. And then, <laughs> um, <laughs> Without the sufficient evidence, you can't award points because it's, it's just impossible, right? So um, there's a lot of reflection around the time and efforts going into this, which is really important to acknowledge. Okay, it wasn't we didn't make it easy, but um, that was kind of the point. <laughs> um, okay, um, we would like to encourage everybody to please download the report from our website, um, share it widely, read it, reread it, um, have discussions with people in your organisations. We have hard printed copies around the room. Please grab one on your way out, um, and feel free to engage uh, people at, at offices, your human resources, your diversity, and include some of the forum the transformation teams with all of this information and other resources available from our website. Yeah, um, what we will be happy to do is bring all the companies together to reflect and to, to discuss, because I think actually there's a lot of really brilliant examples um, of, of what people do. Uh, in the report, we, can, we, we profiled some of those really interesting examples, which our moderators particularly thought were, were worth mentioning. Um, but what we're really, really powerful is we bring those visionary people and those leaders into a room to discuss what is good. Okay? Because you can say, oh, I'm a law firm, I do X, um, but it's a difficult, you don't understand my workplace. But actually, now we've made it transparent. No, there are people doing really cool stuff and really interesting stuff. And learn from it, let's learn from each other to make the workplace a more inclusive place. So ladies and gentlemen, we call upon Dylan Frontier to come by, close the evening up, uh, and wrap up the evening, and before we head out to have some celebratory drinks to toast this evening, uh, and to take partake in some of the entertainment we've got planned. Thank you very much, guys. Um, that was very exciting. So I have the very dangerous position of being between you and your food and drink. So that's what you know the chairperson of the organization does. So I'll be very brief. And um, please excuse, I'm a millennial, so I make notes on my phone. Um, and I encourage you in this paperless environment to go and download <laughs> the report right now. So if you go to lgbtforum.org and you click on the resources tab, you can download the report now. It's live on the website. So we don't have to print. Very old school. <laughs> So as we come to the end of tonight, I want to go back to the very beginning. And I remember the day that I was in my friend James Oliver's flat, and we, and we were discussing, we were like, why isn't there a gay version of the Black Management Forum, you know? Are our workplace struggles not real? Can we not network? Can we not band together? And that was the real seed of the organization that you see here tonight. Um, at the time, I was working for Procter & Gamble, and I was running their Gable organization their LGBT employee network group. And we were in the same building as Norton Rose. And they had Pride. And we seemed to be doing the same stuff. We would both go to Pride. We would both celebrate Idaho Day. We would both have a diversity and inclusion week. We would both be updating our policies. And I was like, well, why isn't there an umbrella organization who is managing best practice, who can support people who are creating new organizations or new employee network groups? Someone needs to do this. Well, I didn't quite know that that would be me and Luke and the rest of the team. And um, now we are here. In, in November, it will be three years from that day where we got together. <laughs> a much bigger task than we had expected. And realizing that our struggles in the workplace were legitimate. The fact that I had to come out to multiple buses. That I had to teach my manager what it meant to be gay. That LGBT people can be leaders. 
Um, you know, having a manager working in a hostile environment like Dubai or in the Middle East where you can't be publicly gay. These are the struggles that we have that are legitimate. Our community struggles are legitimate and we have band together officially. So I'm very proud of tonight and my team. So I'd like to get them to stand up. I'd like to personally recognize them tonight. So let's start with Luke, one at a time. So the universe sends us this incredibly gifted man who came in right at the beginning when Russ um, from Northern Rose and I were discussing and saying, hey, can we start this organization? Luke appeared from the England. And um, he came with consultancy knowledge, something we very much needed. But Luke is what I like to call the brains behind the organization. I and some of the other team members are the passion. He makes it happen. So I want to thank you personally for not charging us your hourly rates. Because we would have been bankrupt by now. So thank you for that. We have bought him a little something that we would give to you personally. Then I want the rest of you guys to stand. Please, so TV, Mariah, Tandy, Rudy, who may or may not be here, and the other Luke, <laughs> we have two Luke A's. Uh, Desiree, Tabang, and TV. Oh, I think that's fine. I think all of you, I got you all, eh? They all have full-time jobs, except me. <laughs> um, and so, you know, they do, this is, this is real gifts to the community, and I want you to really acknowledge that. Because people are fighting hard in their real jobs to get a promotion, and they also are fighting after work. So that's a real commitment. And please go up to them and say thank you, because that's what we need to do. I also, also want to acknowledge the forum ancestors, the people that came before us, um, who are not here today and not currently part of this gecko, but were personally. So, Julia, Manus, Kaya, Ruff, Nikki, Ash, Chris, Sergio, who I think I saw here this evening. Thank you. Um, Graham, Orchid, Sia, Keegan, Dale. All of you played an instrumental role in where we are here today, so I want to thank you. Um, the other foundation who gave us the most important gifts, which is funny. <laughs> advisory panel who, three of them were here tonight, but two of them were missing, actually John and Mamo Ketty who couldn't be here. So thank you very much for your expertise and not getting up into trouble. So if you have a problem with the results, please speak to them. <laughs> um, I'd also like to uh, thank our sponsors and clients, so people who actually provide their services instead of funds, also really important. Actually, it kind of works out more. So, you know, if you want to be a sponsor of client, that's really great. We'd love to have you. Um, Brain Food, who does all of our branding. Northern Rose Fulbright, who keeps us out of trouble. Brunswick, who gets us into the news. AfriHost, which is why we're online. Um, and Tax Day, also, you know, making sure we get the money right. And then to our gold sponsors, who are um, SAP. I know there's some representatives for you tonight. And our silver sponsor, Bain. Thank you very much. And we're looking forward to continuing our relationship with you guys. Okay. Now, having recognized the people who have who've been part of where we are tonight, I'd also like to, it's my duty to ask you to put up your hand. Some of us are tired. <laughs> so we need new volunteers always. And if you think you want to be part of this movement, it's only just starting, we're on year one. There's many years to come. So if you're interested in being part of the solution um, and stepping up, we'd love to have you. And if you can't personally do it, get your company to come. We want to make sure we have more companies participating in SAWA next year. We also are going to be having more network events connecting the community. Currently, we've just um, published a calendar on our website. So if you'd like to advertise a networking or LGBT events publicly, you can submit that and we'll um, advertise that for you. I think the biggest lesson for me in this organization, looking back three years ago, not having a clue what I was getting myself into, I was just very happy and passionate, um, is that you have to be the person that you needed when you were younger. No one is going to save you. No one is going to save us as a community. We have to band together and support each other. We have to fight. We have to teach and we have to do the work. So please use your gifts. And I want to thank everybody who's used their gifts to get us here tonight. Have a wonderful evening.
This is Gay Essay Radio's coverage of the South African LGBTI Business Summit.